Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Recipe for Success, brought to you by Junior Achievement. Uh, those of you who have watched us before, you know that this uh, epi- these episodes and series is all about hearing from leaders and entrepreneurs and uh, what's going on in their organizations today, as well as the leadership ingredients uh, that have helped them to achieve success. And so this week, we have one of our storefront sponsors, uh, and a longtime friend uh, in the community, Dr. George Hanbury, who is the president of Nova Southeastern University. How are you, Dr. Hanbury? I'm fine. I'm fine. It's a pleasure to be on your show, Laura. Well, thank you so much. Welcome to into my home and my kitchen, which I've actually been using, I think, more than ever since I moved in this house 15 years ago. Um, and so I wanted to first start with, you know, I know that for uh, shifting junior achievement into the virtual world, right, and continuing to teach students while we had already done some of that preparation and were somewhat prepared, uh, there still was more to do, and it was certainly still a transition for everyone. I can't imagine what it must have been like to transition a big ship like Nova Southeastern. So could you share with us for, for, for a couple of moments you know, what that was like and, and getting your teams out there and getting your students in position to be, uh, continue to be learning. Well, absolutely. Uh, it's been traumatic, just like I imagine it's been throughout the, the world. Uh, to go one day where everything seems to be rolling along perfectly and then uh, to be sucker punched by an unseen uh, unseen enemy and uh, as such uh, the first thing we did was to uh, suspend classes uh, it just so happened that a lot of our students were on spring break but then some students weren't so we couldn't extend spring break because 80 percent of our students are graduate and professional and only 20 percent undergrad so um, we, contrary to most universities in the country, instead, in order to be able to transform everything from some online, some hybrid, some face-to-face, to everything being online, since none of our 18 colleges had the same start and date end of spring break, contrary to most other universities, I had to suspend classes, whether it was in spring break, beginning of spring break, or ending of spring break, or no spring break. So we suspended all uh, classes for 20, almost 24,000 students, including including our early childhood development and our NSU University School, which is, as you know, our pre-K through 12, and a lot of... uh, those students go to junior achievement. So they do. We, they all do, actually. Yeah. 
we actually suspended classes for 10 days beginning the 13th of March. And with the understanding that on the 23rd of March, all 5,000 classes that are taught to those 24,000 students would be completely and totally online, whether it was medicine or law or psychology, even clinics and chemistry and things that uh, people say can't be. Now, we were fortunate because we were early on when uh, many universities looked down upon those that were distance learning and NSU or NOVA started distance learning long, long, long ago, over 40 years ago. Wow. And we're one of the first in Vanguard for online learning. So we were uh, pretty well prepared with the capability technology wise. And since we were accredited by the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools, which all of the universities from Virginia, like University of Virginia, all the way down through Texas and Florida, every university in that region has to be accredited by SACS. But a lot of those universities aren't accredited for distance learning or online. Wow. NSU is. So we really were ahead of the game. And uh, then doing that 10 days, our faculty, who were not used to being online that had been completely face-to-face uh, -face, like law school, uh, prepared themselves, took educational training on Zoom and uh, our own uh, Canvas, uh, which is our platform for teaching and instruction online. And uh, we've had, since the 23rd, been teaching completely online and I've gotten very positive report from students that seems to be working. Right. So we will continue doing that at least through the summer with, uh, with the hopes that we will open in the fall. Yeah, we're, I think we're all hoping for that. Uh, we don't know what yet will happen with the Broward County Public Schools either. Um, so, um, and you mentioned university school and I would be remiss before I, I ask my next question. Just to mention that university school has been one of our, of course, the fifth graders go to BizTown and the eighth graders go to Finance Park, but the high schoolers have been in our uh, JA Fellows Entrepreneurial Program for since we started uh, about six years ago and have been in the top three teams going to Washington, D.C. for national uh, competitions almost every year and so and actually won the competition two years ago. So we absolutely love uh, having those students uh, in our program. Thank so you. while while learning may look different, right, and some things have stopped or shifted, there are several projects within the university that I think hopefully are continuing to move along. One of those is the hospital. Um, can you talk a little, and construction seems to be still going. And so, and in general, it's one of the, the industries that is still uh, working. Can you talk a little bit about the, the hospital and the, the status and if that's on target? Well, HCA is building a teaching research hospital on our campus. Uh, and we will be intricately involved with HCA. 
HCA East Florida has 14 hospitals in South Florida, all the way from St. Lucie down to uh, Miami-Dade. So uh, we are very fortunate that they've elected to build uh, their newest hospital, one of the newest in their entire system in the nation. And it's starting out close to 200 beds, but they built a foundation that would be able to support 600 beds right. as we develop uh, and have opportunities for clinical trials from our research and the hospital. And as we expand NSU Health, which has really been um, 33 separate clinics, and we're all putting them now under the heading of uh, NSU Health, especially since we have two medical schools, the only university with two medical schools in Florida, and one of three in the nation uh, that has both MD and DO, or osteopathic medicine and allopathic medicine. So. Um, we uh, we are very fortunate also have a benefactor who named both medical schools dr karen c patel college of osteopathic medicine and dr karen c patel college of allopathic medicine uh, he's a resident of tampa and he's also on our board of trustees so uh, things are moving very well and hca in my last report uh, looks as if they will be opening up probably after the first of the year, maybe the second quarter of 2021 uh, right. with their hospital. So uh, they, they, right, construction has been considered essential and they've continued to work through this pandemic. Yeah, very exciting. I mean, so many uh, uh, wonderful accomplishments, right? And so many things to brag about um, uh, right here in our own backyard. So one of the other things that I know um, I've been told has been a long time uh, dream of yours was to create an academical vi village uh, right near, you know, near the college, near the hospital. Um, talk a little bit about that and what's going to be happening soon with that. Well, you pronounced it correctly. A lot of I people uh, The word is academical. Uh, Jefferson coined that phrase in 1819. And like many during that enlightenment period, they would make up their own words to explain what they meant. To Jefferson, when he founded the University of Virginia, it was to teach those young men when they came to the university that indeed it was a university, not a college. It's been called a university since 1819 and it's been called his academical village since 1819. And that was at a university, you always have theory. And theory without practice was no more than an academic exercise. So Jefferson wanted to show his students that theory was essential, but without practice, theory was no more than an academic exercise. But he also wanted to show that practice without theory was stagnant 
and there was no invention, there was no innovation, there was no stretching the mind, pushing ideas and concepts. So theory and practice coming together was Jefferson's concept and he called it, instead of calling it theory and practice, he called it academical. <laughs> and he built a village, a village where there would be practitioners who were academically qualified to teach the theory, but could also demonstrate how that practice came together and created innovation and leadership. What NSU is building with technology is a 21st century academical village utilizing the technology of the 21st century instead of just the academics of the 18th century. Yeah, I think I can relate to this and I, I absolutely understand the theory and I love the idea. Um, and the reason I say that is because I think that's the whole premise behind JA World, right? We can teach financial literacy in the classroom. We can teach entrepreneurship and we can teach career skills and career exploration. But there is nothing but that alone without the simulations, right? That, that practice in the JA world, biz towns and finance parks and out in the industries that we visit and being out at, at NSU, the students don't have a chance without that to connect the theory and the practice. And so I think you're right. And I think sometimes people think, oh, they came for a field trip. Well, but they had to do 22 weeks or lessons of theory before they came to the simulation. Well, you're absolutely right. And it's why we've supported JA ever yeah. since it was an idea, not even uh, drawn on, on paper yet. It was an idea. So uh, we've been supportive and we will continue to be supportive of JA because of that very concept. You see, it is part of our core values uh, for innovation and opportunity and student-centered and integrity in everything we do and community. So I uh, I think uh, you've got to continue supportive with us. I love it. Well, I was absolutely not going to get this, uh, let this session end without talking about the amazing support uh, and what an opportunity that we have to introduce, right, every eighth grader uh, and high schooler to uh, what we have right here in our own backyard and opportunities to attend NSU. You know, Dr. Amber, you uh, went from leading a large city here in Broward uh, to leading a very large university. Uh, and without great leadership, right, organizations don't succeed uh, the way that they would without. Um, and so I wonder if you could share with us uh, a few of the leadership values and traits that you brought or developed and brought over from being a city manager to running a large university? Well, there's a lot of uh, things in common with that. Uh, and as you know, for 30 years, I was a city manager in four different cities, three in Virginia, and then one in Florida, Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. So I was in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, Portsmouth, Virginia, 
Virginia Beach, Virginia, and then Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So uh, running a city is very much like running a university. And the city manager and all the cities I served was the chief executive written in the charter. It was under the council manager form of government. Very much theory and practice coming together. All of my educational background was in administration, finance, economics, leadership, and as such, bringing disparate groups together to accomplish a specific goal, which was the vision created by the elected officials of the city in which I served and the individuals who would hire me. I was always hired by the majority of the board which meant that I could be fired by the board. <laughs> so I uh, served at the pleasure of the city council, so city commission in which I served, but I always uh, brought their vision to fruition, which was the vision that they worked with for the general citizenry of each of those communities. Now, when Ray Ferrero asked me to come to NSU to be his chief operating officer, he said, George, there's a need to bring all of the various colleges and schools and operating departments. We've got 18 colleges. We've got 18 different departments from finance to technology to human resources to operations, and they need to be brought together. We don't have a chief operating officer, but running a university is very similar to a city because right. it has so many other aspects from just being in the classroom. You've got uh, utilities, you've got water, you've got sewer, you've got public safety, you've got police, you've got uh, health uh, aspects, you've got clinics, you've got operational uh, aspects uh, whether it is finance or technology so everything you did as a city manager and then working with a volunteer board that establishes the vision of where they want to go that's what we need to do is to see the vision of nsu come to fulfillment so uh, everything that i ever did for 30 years as a city manager I've been able to use and every bit of the educational aspects, whether it was undergraduate, graduate, or my doctoral degree, my PhD in public administration, every bit of that theory has had a place for practice, not only in the cities I serve, but in the university I serve and the students who I work with. Yeah. So I know when I come to visit you with some of our students, which I always love to do, uh, you talk often about the values of NSU. Um, and I wondered if you might share them with our audience. Well, I've been a firm believer, uh, taught by my parents, that uh, you need to express your values and live your values. Because if you if people don't know what you value, then they figure you will stand for anything they may value. And I think 
uh, that is important not only for individuals, but for universities, organizations. If not, then you would use some uh, whatever the means would justify the ends and whatever the ends would justify the means. You can't justify the means solely following the ends. You have to justify the ends following your core values, which are always sacrosanct. But they need to be understood by everyone. Now, when you're an individual, you don't need to write down and broadcast what your values are. It's when you are questioned, what do you believe in and how do you operate? That's when you express or when someone wants you to do something contrary to your core values, then you say, no, I can't do that because that is contrary to my core values. When I was city manager and someone wanted to give me a Persian rug in order to get a permit approved, do you think I said, okay, no, it was a violation of my core value. Well, at a university, we've got 24,000 students all the way from nursery to positions uh, from almost uh, two months old to 25 years old. So we need to let people know what we stand for if we want to attract students and hopefully they have similar values or if they don't, then we say you come and as you get here, you will establish those values if you want to graduate or if you don't, then you don't need to come. So we want people to understand what we believe in as a university and it's not just me. I worked with all the deans, the faculties and trustees to say, do you believe in this? Do you believe in these values? And that we can espouse those values to our existing students, future students, to our potential donors, to individuals who want to associate with us. Can you say we honor these values and we want people who have similar values to be associated with us. And they've all said yes. Yeah. Uh, these voted those core values in in 2010. And that's what we've been living for. Even when SACS did our last reaccreditation without any recommendations or comments, they were pleasantly surprised and told me they have never had where they gave personal interviews to students, whether face-to-face -face students, whether at our regional campuses in the state of Florida and in Puerto Rico, or completely online, when they asked about diversity or integrity or giving back to the community or academic excellence or being student-centered, the students would say, well, you know, Diversity is one of NSU's core values. And yeah. they said they have never experienced that because our students know what our core values are and they practice them. And that helps to unleash their potential so that when they graduate, 
they have done more than just get a discipline in an as academic study. Holding core values exercises the ability of leadership because leaders, leaders get followers because they let people know what they really believe in and people want to follow or they don't. So leadership and core values are integrated. Yeah, so uh, this is one of the things that I think I admire most about you. And I know that you're a leadership, uh, teach leadership um, uh, so often. And I am a leadership development, like a geek about this stuff. Um, if you look at my desk right now, there are said there's a series of seven leadership books that I actually started doing with my team. And it's so interesting to watch each one of the books has three to five principles that come out of a story. And it's really interesting to watch that culture and those values begin to become, right, to spread across the organization. And as you said, for everyone to be living those values and to create that culture. I love it. So I, I am truly in awe of all of that because that is something that's so important to me. Um, I think, you know, we all get a lot of advice along the way and through the years. And I, someone told me that you got some really good advice from your mom. Yes, she had a little saying, you know, you, she always encouraged me to establish goals, write them down, and each day, each month, each year, see that that, that task was fulfilled. But she had a little kind of a cliche saying that she would say, and that was, when the task is once begun, never leave it till it's done. Be the labor, great or small, do it well, George, or not at all. Oh, I like that. I like that. Um, we're going to put that up. We're definitely going to put that on all of our social media posts uh, when we post this interview. You know, my dad was a sports guy, and he played professional baseball, and he was a dean of students at a college in New York. And so what I heard, it's kind of similar advice, but his was really pretty simple, was you're going to get on that field, you better be all in, right? Or don't, play, or don't play the game. And that's basically what both our parents taught us, I think. And that's... And that's another right. one another one that I like that Thomas Jefferson used, and that is, I have found that the harder I work, the luckier I get. I like that. Uh, we're going to put these up for everybody to share. I love when things come out like this. I send my nieces and my daughter and the kids all quotes every morning. They they laugh at me, but I don't care. I keep doing it. And believe it or not, now they're sending me quotes. So see, they really do listen. All right, good. You know, so of all of those things that you brought through this, through your city manager days, through through college, through, you know, now in the university, what would you say, because of course the name of the show is your recipe for success. What would you say is your main ingredient to success? Uh, it's, it's that little bromide that I said, uh, uh, perseverance, uh, 
keeping your eye on the goal and seeing it through and be the labor great or small you do it well or you don't do it at all so i think um, you always have to keep perseverance i've never considered uh, failure to be a person failure is an event in your life and many times it takes failure in order to be successful <laughs> so uh failure to me has always been a a learning moment of me what i should do something better next time or what i should not be doing <laughs> at all <laughs> exactly yeah i just i just did a little video on linkedin the other day and i it was i had just finished working out and i had on a shirt that that a friend of mine one day called me and he said you are relentless and and he said it in the kindest way um but i still took it as as an insult right at first and then i bought a shirt that said relentless and and then i thought about it and i thought you know what actually i think that's a compliment uh i think that we have to be relentless right in the pursuit for excellence if you really and, believe if you really believe in what you're doing then why would you not want to be relentless and right. persevere um, and don't let be a setback uh, cause you to say, well, I've given up. Uh, I think as long as you keep your eye on the goal, um, you'll succeed. Yeah, I, I, I am with you on that. So last thing I want to mention, uh, because there's such a, a great tie-in with junior achievement and entrepreneurship and what we do and what we're getting our students ready for is the, the center of innovation. Um, that you and Broward County, NSU and Broward County have done collaboratively. Um, talk a little bit about that because I think sometimes there's confusion amongst people about centers for innovation where they think it's about startups, right? And I don't think that's exactly what the center is for. No, no, this is, this is indeed bringing theory and practice together uh, so that as a center of innovation, you want people to be innovative, creative, but you can't be innovative and creative unless you are challenged. We're living through innovation right now because we are all, the world is being challenged with this pandemic of COVID-19. And don't you think we're seeing some things coming out of this that are going to be positive because we've all been challenged. How are we going to deliver programs that we never thought we could deliver before? How can we work remotely? How can we accomplish what we want to do when we can't be but six feet away from people? How are we going to be? And we're finding answers to things that we, one, we never were challenged, two, we were never asked. And three, we didn't even think we would be challenged because we never even thought that we would have something that was like a hundred years ago. We've got the hundred year storm in 1918. My grandfather, my grandfather left eight young children at, at uh, 48 years old. My mother, uh, 
my grandfather died of influenza in 1918. And we are seeing some of the same tragedies today. But they didn't have the technology in 1918 to be zooming across like you and I. They didn't, but they they found new challenges and they found answers that many things they did then improved society and improved living. So uh, I think challenges create innovation. That's what this center of innovation is, is to create an atmosphere for the finest technology to ever be utilized for minds to be innovative and for startup businesses to scale up to to be the to be the venue for venture capitalists to come and hear pitches on what they're like a shark tank right. to be to be uh, and to attract jobs businesses in high tech and biotech and technology to come to Broward County uh, the Fort, Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance will use NSU in the fifth floor of the library as that venue. And when you go into that, which will be open probably again, close to when the hospital is open, that second quarter of 2021, you will see a wow and innovative area that helps to create scale up businesses, not startups, but scale ups to be successful businesses and to help to attract other businesses or existing businesses to come and use what they call skunk work, which is to utilize that atmosphere and the technology we have to maybe even expand their own products right here in Broward. So it will be theory and practice and every bit of a definition of a 21st century academical village. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like its own village within the big village, right? Um, and we're so proud. I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, we have several students who continued their entrepreneurial journey mm -hmm. after the JA Fellows Program. And I truly hope that one day soon, we will see some of those students uh, who, who, some of them are in startup mode and they are continuing to build their companies and that someday they'll be in there as a scale up. And that would be amazing to watch. Um, I think, you know, this has been so uh, great for me to get. I always love the time that I spend with you. Uh, it's always inspiring and motivating. And these videos, by the way, not only go out to our social media and our and the community, but they also are used with our students. We want them to hear from students like you, from people like you and leaders like you. Um, and so this has been fantastic for that. If you could uh, suggest or give our students, our entrepreneurial and career bound and, and college bound students, one piece of advice like your mom gave you, what would that be, Dr. Hanbury? Well, I define success as progressive realization of a worthy goal. You, I would never call a drug dealer a successful person. In my mind, being a drug dealer is not a worthy goal. But if you establish goals that are worthy and work day in and day out, 
one day at a time, one week at a time, one month at a time, one year at a time, you will see progressive realization of a worthy goal and you'll be successful in whatever, whatever you undertake to do. I can't think of a better way to end our interview. Progressive realization of a worthy goal. I think I'm gonna have to put that up on my own wall as well. That was great advice, great information. You are doing such amazing things at NSU. We are so proud to be a partner with you and thank you for all that you do for us and for this community at large. Uh, no better partner right in our community than, than all of you. And I know that's part of your success. So thank you so much for, for joining me today. It's my pleasure and be well. Thank you, you too. My best to you and the family. Thank you. Thanks, George.